All right, everybody, just one more quick little read through before we get you to the episode. Um, so this podcast and all the other episodes are brought to you by Snake River Brewing. Uh, they are my favorite brewery here in town. Um, great place to hang out at their brew pub. They have a good little patio area, great food all the time. Um, sadly, the brew pub is closed right now due to the coronavirus virus situation, but they're still doing to-go orders, and you can still get their six-packs and growlers at the brew pub or uh, anywhere else that you would buy beer or liquor. Um, so go check them out. They've been a, an amazing partner in this process and my favorite beer here in town because we have a lot of great breweries and they're definitely the best. So yeah, go check them out. everybody welcome back to another episode of stories from a mountain town um i'm your loyal host tyler meany and today i have ali bala weiss with me ali welcome to the show thanks for having me uh ali is taylor weiss my girlfriend's little sister um she is uh, last week you heard from her boyfriend steven and today you're gonna hear from her um they are out with us here in jackson hanging out doing some bike riding doing some hiking and uh loving the mountains right exactly yeah so um Allie what do you have in your in your cup here today uh I've got a little homemade concoction it's a Costco like freezy boozy pop mixed with a white claw actually wild green apple and watermelon quite the concoction yeah nice I'm just doing water because it's a little late <laughs> right now we've been having a bunch of We've, like everybody has been during quarantine, we kind of just, we've been drinking a little bit too much. Um, try to f rehydrate. Um, but yeah, anyways, so they're out hanging out with us. Um, this is now your second time to Jackson. My third. Third time to Jackson. Yeah, sorry. Um, you came out last November mm -hmm. and also two years ago when, when the four of us were out here. Yep. Um and this is one of my favorite topics top, topics to ask guests is what was your like first thoughts or first feelings when you came into the valley here and saw what's going on in the Tetons? Well, you're bringing me back to like Sorry. two yeah. years one ago. One second. Your mic is all, was all screwy. Oh. Okay. There okay. you go. Go ahead. First time two years ago, we drove out here with Taylor and Tyler, Steven and I did, and the dogs. Um... I have to say it's like my it was my first time really seeing the mountains aside from the only other time I've been anywhere like this is in Colorado but honestly all the times I've been to Colorado it's kind of stuck to basically Denver Boulder so nothing too exciting mostly a lot of like city things so I feel like it was really cool to see like mountains you get a little taste of like from Minnesota we're so used to lakes and like mm -hmm. up north cabin fields and everything and pines and there's all of that here with just better backdrop <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's the main um pines are the main tree that grow here because it's like they're really good and cold and like mm, i don't know anything about the moisture but the cold for sure 
Um, yeah, cool. And um, yeah, you lived in, um, or you like, uh, I wouldn't call it maybe living, but you you had like an internship in Denver. Yes. Like right after college? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I had, uh, I don't even remember how long it was, probably up to a couple weeks. Yeah. And it was in Denver. I was driving around to mul- multiple hospitals within one system in Colorado. And so it was six hospital systems I went to all throughout the Colorado area. So I went north about an hour or so. And that was like the only part of Colorado I really enjoyed was pretty far north (laughs) and out of the traffic. The traffic was miserable every day. And the main reason I went out to Colorado was to see if I wanted to live there eventually. And it wasn't for me after being there for internship. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, the the traffic there is is awful, I think, right now, because uh denver specifically has had like incredible amounts of people move there and sorry people if you're hearing some bumping ellie's mic is being weird so i'm messing with right now um denver has grown like incredibly by incredible amounts because of um it's a cool place to live you can have the big city feel with the access to some mountains and then like the marijuana thing like Mm -hmm. people move there for that um but yeah tell tell the audience um what you do for work because you um it's yeah. kind of interesting. Uh, so my degree is in health information management, which means a whole lot of nothing to most people. But basically, healthcare records was what I learned about when I was in school. And my job title is a clinical trials assistant, which sounds a lot more clinical than it is. Um, but I work for Be The Match, the bone marrow and stem cell transplant, um, basically main organization for all of the U.S. Um, and also throughout the world, but um, I work for all of our trials. Um, Our prospective research is what our team is called, and that basically just means current research. We're not looking back at anything uh, in the past. We're doing current things and seeing how people are responding to new treatments. It's really cool. It's mostly for um, blood cancers and, like, leukemia and other cancers. So, Yeah, that sounds like really good work. Um, shit, I just had a question for you and I, oh, what made you a want to get that degree and then like B uh, go into that kind of work? That's a good question. Uh, I started at Scholastica for physical therapy, basically ex-phys pre-PT. I've always been like into sports growing up and everything. And I just kind of thought that that was the degree that most people got when they're really <laughs> into that. That, that so is that true. You can like, like work along athletes and everything yeah. the rest of your life. And lo and behold, I took a chemistry class and I was not good at it. So <laughs> I figured I I better switch to something else because that was only the first chem I had to take. And so then I honestly just talked with the counselors or whatever. I can't even remember. What advisors. Yeah, your advisors. Yeah. And so they do all the tests, ask you your interest. And basically the three things that came out for me were like some version of healthcare, not necessarily patient care, um, management aspects or leadership qualities. And then I've always been like really quick to pick up on technology, computers and any kind of thing like that. So those, they just said, that's what health information management is. Here's yeah. your degree. Go that's for like it. The, the three words in that major are like the three things Interest, that the test yeah. came back with. It was kind of crazy. And I like, I didn't understand if I should really go with what it said, because I was like, I've never heard of this. No one really 
graduates with that. But yeah. honestly, I just picked it was sophomore year when I decided to change. So pretty early, I picked it. I was enjoying my classes. I got to learn a lot about U.S. healthcare and the systems. And then I also have a minor in computer information systems. So I think it all worked out. Yeah, for sure. I, that I think that's a. How many people graduate from Scholastica with that? <laughs> like in my class. Yeah, like when you graduated, how many uh, people were like in that major? Ooh, probably twenty. Twenty. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe I just happen to know people in that, but I kind of yeah. like I knew it was a major, but for the for the longest time, even when Tana and I started dating, I knew that was your major. I did. I had no clue what kind of job that meant. Right. I was like, okay, uh, not, and not even to criticize the major, just like, what do they? What would they do in a job uh, or, or anything? I had no clue. Everybody ever, whenever yeah. they say, "What are you going to school for?" They say, "Okay, well, what your what will your job be in?" And the nice thing is, like, we got such a broad like learning knowledge that we could pick a lot of different aspects like some kids went solely into like coding aspects of healthcare Mm. because they were really into the computer side of things and other people are just like strictly in management aspects and me i'm doing (laughs) clinical trials (laughs) but you know it all works out because i learned i honestly did learn a lot of things from my degree that transferred over to my current job so yeah yeah for sure and you just like went up to your uh, advisor and was like I don't think I'm cut out for my current major and I have no clue what to do like and then they just pulled out these tests mm-hmm. I was feeling pre- pretty lost I was a part of the volleyball team and she kept pretty close tabs on our grades and like how we were doing in school good old and, Dana yep she knew I wasn't doing so hot in chemistry <laughs> and she said what are you thinking about like the rest of your time here because you're gonna like volleyball is not your life you need to get yeah a degree and a job after this and I said well I thought this is what I wanted but like I can't do this schooling that's required for it so <laughs> and then they just sent me up to the advisors and honestly I'm really glad I went and I trusted what they had to say and uh one of my team captains actually was a HIM major so I I asked her about it before I started but who's that Courtney Morin oh nice mm-hmm. she's always I play Xbox with Mitch um her husband yeah Courtney Enoch mm-hmm. is, would be her name now I play with Mitch every once in a while and she's like always there with their dog like playing with them in the background oh, it's yeah. fun to hear them um cool uh Dana your coach is such an interesting character up there <laughs> and I'm not you don't need to elaborate on anything with her but uh she, I always had really interesting interactions when I saw her around campus mm-hmm. I only played volleyball for two years at Scotia, yeah but yeah she's uh really into her career and her players so and like and uh and like different different styles of like conditioning and uh and weight like weight training right yeah. They don't do like the typical type of weight training that teams do. Honestly, for a D3 program, it was like decently intense. I know a lot of people do three a days and everything for like D3, but yeah. like coming into it as a freshman and like you go there early for school, like you start before anyone else mm-hmm. and you just work out for a couple weeks on end, three times a day. And then the season comes and yeah. you're still practicing every day, playing games every day. And then we did have a conditioning and weightlifting coach who designed a program like special for us during off season, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did the same thing Um, uh, to the audience. Uh, but all Allie, Steven, Taylor, and I all went to Scholastica 
and that's where they met and then that's where we taylor and i met also so since we have a lot of the common stories and know a lot of the same people from college mm-hmm. that's where we're picking that up from go saints yeah go saints saints never quit saints never quit <laughs> that um sometimes i'll you know like look at me look at my old pictures and click on that hashtag and it's actually wild how many people that i don't know posted still it still trending yeah because like my cousin uh car i mean casey sorry sorry guys there's three of them and they have similar names casey went to scholastica and um she would post that on some of her stuff and like sometimes my siblings would too so and then their friends would get it and like it's kind of it was weird and i didn't even come up with it i just kind of like owned it <laughs> um a buddy in high school came up with it to make fun of me but then like i just owned it and yeah it made it better <laughs> um totally um yeah so uh what should we talk about um, we talked about school. well every time that i've came to jackson i've ended up driving at least a yeah. p- portion of the trip <laughs> uh the first time we came out with taylor and tyler and steven and the dogs was a planned trip um, that was a lot of people in one crossover. Mm-hmm. My sister's rogue. And we talked about big, that with Steven yeah. that um we were totally the the Griswolds. Oh yeah. Because we had like us all packed in there with like the cooler and the dogs and then like the, the toppers. The topper and then the kennels on the rack also. Oh, that was nuts. Yeah. yeah. It was a really back breaking trip to be honest. And then um when I came out with my mom in November, we hundred percent planned to fly. And it was like an off season. And so we had to fly into Salt Lake and then come to Jackson. For some reason, our flight in Minneapolis was really delayed. I think it was something about de-icing, honestly. And we knew it was getting so late. And so many people like Salt Lake's a big layover place. Kind of, you know, it's not final destination, the airport. Mm -hmm. Tons of people on our trip were going to Mexico and like all kinds of places. And... We're landing, and then we see our next flight is within, like, three minutes. <laughs> and my mom says, what do you think? And she's like, this is our gate. I was like, Mom, we got to run. Let's go. Like, we could see the gate. And we're running and running, and I, I see it out the window, and I turn around to my mom because she's kind of behind me a little ways, and I said, there's nothing at the gate. Oh, no. <laughs> she was like, we'll just keep going. Maybe it's late, too. <laughs> and we finally get to the gate, and it's, like, departed. So that was a real fiasco deciding how we were going to end up getting here. We ended up just renting a car and driving, which I think it was like five and a half hours to get here. Yeah. Something near yeah, that. Not, it honestly wasn't bad and it's pretty, but, and then this time we drove as well. So yeah, maybe I'll just make it for everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've driven way more than I've flown here. Uh, I mean, now for work, I fly in and out, you know, regularly, but I, uh, when Taylor and I started coming out and having the dogs, like the uh, the added value for me of having the dogs out and like being able to camp or something or like have your stuff to do activities mm-hmm. is way more than like the time. I value that higher than like the time you save from flying. Yeah. I will yeah. say it was really nice to like pack this time and just throw whatever the heck I wanted in the car. Yeah. I'm like I'm bringing rollerblades. <laughs> You're bringing apparently four swimming suits. Steven just came down from upstairs and said that she packed four swimming suits Allie. there we there's snow there's it's gonna snow at least one more time I thought at our house bef- until like before summer's here i thought maybe we'd go to the hot springs every night i don't know <laughs> and even like if there wasn't a pandemic we could have like poached a hot tub somewhere 
but like that's not an option. I was so excited about Tay's new paddleboard that I thought maybe we'd get to use it a lot. <laughs> All the yeah. So you might. Uh, are you guys actually leaving tomorrow? <laughs> to be determined. <laughs> there, Allie. Allie wants to stay for who knows how much longer because the, she can work from home. Stephen can work or from here. Work from. They can both work from here. Um and. But Steven needs to get says he needs to get home. So they're play golf. so I'm still not even sure if they're leaving tomorrow or not. Not that it matters because it's been fun having you guys. Um, but uh, the only yeah the only lake that'd be open to paddleboarding is the one they're going to tomorrow. And yeah. <laughs> like all the other lakes are fully frozen. We quickly figured that out yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Four swimming suits. Um, yeah, so go, let's let's go back to um, your trip here last year with your mom. Okay. So we uh, you had you were gonna come out in August, mm-hmm. um, but then Debbie had her bout with a, a little a little cancer scare, which she got through, mm-hmm. and then so she she felt good enough, so you guys decided to come out in November. Right. Which is kind of a weird time to come out to Jackson, to be honest. Mm-hmm. We're, I was like, when when you guys booked it, I was like, I don't know what we're gonna do with them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to look this up, and you because because you know, the park is mostly closed at that time. The resort's not open yet. Some of the, the restaurants, restaurants are yeah. closed or like smaller menus because it's mm-hmm. off season. Because you came like first first week of November, right. so it's like not snowy. You can't ski. You guys don't even or your mom doesn't ski. Yeah. I don't think. Um. But yeah, did did you enjoy that time of the year to be here? Oh yeah, it was fun. I was just talking about how when we came this week, I was like, I feel pretty cool. Like I've been here um, end of July kind of was the first time we came. Mm-hmm. And now November and like middle-ish of May, which are kind of two off seasons a little bit. Yeah. And honestly, it's been fun every time. In November, we ended up having like really pretty decent weather. I don't remember it ever snowing, maybe only in the mornings if it did. Yeah, it was and, always it was really warm. Yeah, we got a good amount of hikes in with comfortable weather. Like I wasn't extremely dressed. I remember when uh, we would hike up in the morning. We did like a couple sunset or sunrise hikes, um, and or even just walks to the top of your guys's butte. And mm-hmm. I would just layer up. I mean, I had like three shirts on and a couple layers of leggings, but it was really comfortable. We found plenty of stuff to do. We went out to eat like twice, I think. Right? We went we went to Calico. Went to Calico. We went to Bin 22. Yeah. yeah. Had to go to Calico. Every guest that comes here, I take them to Calico because it's my favorite place. Uh, uh, favorite restaurant in Jackson. And we've determined that the off seasons are when the chicken parm is sh- served. So. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they. <laughs> my favorite dish from them is chicken parm. And they used to have it all the time. And I ask every time I go in there, no matter what, if they have it, just in case they'll get annoyed of me. And then they have it in the off seasons. Every off season we've been here for, they have it. Mm-hmm. Which is... I th- that frustrates me even more because then now obviously they have a recipe for it and the ingredients are normal ingredients they have in an mm-hmm. Italian restaurant. So they could they could do it any single night. Must be extra prep or something. Yeah. Well, they're since it's such a – their business is so tourist heavy, they just need stuff that's quick to get out. Yeah, pasta. And like they just keep mm-hmm. like the specific ingredients there for that. Yeah, a bunch of pastas and yeah. like burgers and steaks. And pizza. Yeah. I think November was good, though. I mean, it's nice to see a town when it's not insanely touristy and, like, mm-hmm. you can go to town square and enjoy yourself, not be, like, totally overcrowded and everything. I think it was nice for my mom to see what just 
normal living is like for you guys just around mm-hmm. the town and everything because uh i kind of associate it with like banff as well i've been to banff canada when a couple years back and i've been there in big heavy touristy season season and it's really cool but at the same time like you just hate when things are overcrowded and mm-hmm. you can't go anywhere and like just sit down and you have to wait in line for everything so i don't have any problem with shoulder seasons here i think they're fun yeah as long as you get decent weather mm-hmm. uh you know if it if it's in the fall and you get a little bit more warmth so you can hike and mountain bike or be on the the the, the lakes or something or it's a spring and you get like a late powder or like late snow and you can ski a little bit in the backcountry. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed that because for the same reason of the, there's no people here. Right. And yeah. it's not like my day to day really needs like the t-shirt shops and the most of the restaurants to be open. Yeah. The, the breweries and the, the towny bars that I usually go to are open all the time anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, Stephen was talking about that, how now being here, where we're not where we where we're since we live here now and then since we're not like just trying to do activities all the time like you guys when we've all been working yeah every day he it really opened his eyes to like what it what it looks like to just have a normal life in a resort town yeah which he didn't get before and you probably got that from being here in the shoulder mm-hmm. seasons because it's just like the people here are just the ones grocery shopping doing their jobs raising their kids, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's not just the people that are in their RVs right. or flying in for the weekend or whatever. Yeah. Have you felt, have you felt the, uh, have you gotten a taste of the day-to-day living now that we, you had to like work here and stuff? Yeah, I feel like I have. And then and anytime we go to town, town I just want to know what people do for a living mm-hmm. when we see them out, like walking on a hike or going to the grocery store. Like you said, I'm just like, what do they do here? Where do they live? Do yeah. they have kids? Like, yeah. how did they end up coming here? Yeah. Yeah, they, um, I think just because of how easily we can work remotely, there's got to be just insane amounts of different jobs. Like, like my job is mm-hmm. nothing to do with the area at all. Right. And, uh, and they're actually, one of the women Taylor works with, her husband works at FIS too. And we don't know each other from FIS at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like a company of 55,000 employees, we don't have offices anywhere near here. And uh, our girlfriend and wife happen to meet each other. Yeah. That's super random. And like, so anybody, there's obviously a lot of people that work in bars and restaurants and ski shops and bike shops and stuff like that and real estate. But there's also like anything, like they could work mm-hmm. for any company anywhere. I mean, after this whole pandemic, like Stephen and I could easily work here yeah. remotely. Like there's, yeah, it's no limit as to what people could do here. I think that companies are going to have a real issue once everything's lifted, getting their people to come back into the office. It, because if like it, they're in careers, you know, it's really measurable to see how well you're performing. Like maybe a salesperson who couldn't work from home and now is, mm-hmm. and they're kicking ass or something. It's like, well, I'm kicking ass. I don't need to go I to the office to <laughs> and, you know, or, you know, stuff like that. It's like, well, I'm doing something even in your job. I'm fully, fully um, capable of working from home. and Capable of working from Wyoming. Yeah, working from Wyoming. <laughs> and you've been, tell them about how you've been getting some crap from your coworkers about that. Just a little bit. I <laughs> They just, like, obviously we all sit in the same exact place every single day. So we know what each other's, like, living room or office or desk um you know bedroom anything look like so anytime someone moves 
we go, hey, where'd you go? <laughs> like, where, where are you set up today? And so they said that to me, and I just said, you know, I'm, I'm in Wyoming. <laughs> and they said, what? And they all know my sister lives here. And so I said, yeah, you know, I drove out to Jackson yesterday and decided to work from here. <laughs> and so it was just kind of, they were all just honestly surprised, asking me how it was. And then we ended up getting a company email saying that we will get a two-week notice whenever we do know that we're going to go back to the office. And they all just did a little side note of, oh, that'll give everyone time to come back to Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> there's got to be others besides you that are like working from their cabins or something. Oh, then, yeah. Right? Cabins. There's honestly other people in other states as well um, out on the East Coast seeing family and everything. But yeah, quite a few people at cabins. Yeah. Um, I keep coming up with the questions before I ask them and then I forget about them. Um, have you, had you worked from home much before this? Uh, only a handful of times, probably I would say four to five, just, um, due to winter in Minnesota, our company was pretty lax with letting us work from home and I have a, about an hour commute. Mm -hmm. And so they were just fine with it. Anytime that it was a heavy snow day or, predicted to be bad weather they let us work from home and then also uh one other time i take the north star train and it just didn't come that day so they were just fine when i said either i can be an hour and a half late or i can work from home <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah i think um i think a lot more people should work from home because like of employee just like employee satisfaction Obviously, there'd be a learning curve for a lot mm -hmm. of people, I think. But, like, it's so nice for me to be able to just, like, be doing something and then, like, take a break and, like, move laundry around or, like, stretch, like, sit in my office and stretch mm -hmm. or, like, make lunch in my own kitchen and it, like, boosts morale because then I can get back in and be fresher because yeah. I'm not, like, these things aren't piling up in my head that I need to do when I get home from the office. Mm -hmm. um, and... And I heard this from like a Gary Vaynerchuk type of person or uh, or an Elon Musk type person, like a big, you know, entrepreneur guy, that they're each employee with any sort of you know you know above a jan a janitor or something, they're trusting you with so much information that that there's way more at risk than if they just let you work from home. You know, mm -hmm. why would they trust you with all that valuable information but not just to work hard at home also? Right. It's almost just like they just want to be like a, yeah, like treat you treat people that have to go to the office every single day like not like adults, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, you're like expecting them to do large roles and do important things for the company, but you can't trust them to just do that somewhere else. Right. It's kind of a weird concept, yeah. and it's like an old concept when we didn't have the connectivity we do now to yeah. just like do whatever. Honestly, Wherever. I'm a little bit dreading going back to the office. I think like my biggest perk of working from home in all of this has definitely been the commute. Mm -hmm. And so like my day when I'm done working, I'm done working yeah. and I get to instantly start my night, whatever it be. Whereas before I would have to take a train and then drive home and then think about what I'm going to have for dinner and then make dinner and all of those kinds of things. And so, yeah, I get to sleep in longer I get to go to bed later. <laughs> like it's all better. And definitely, like you said, like just popping into your kitchen and making your own lunch so much better than 
making the same thing and having it all week long. Yeah. Yeah. Where like the little breaks you take at the office is walking around a stupid building that looks ugly that just doesn't Going even to get water. Yeah. Or like getting coffee or just like talking to someone for a little bit. Instead of doing that, you're like, you know, you're running an errand, you're cleaning something, you're quick vacuuming, you're moving laundry. If you have kids, you might need to take care of something with them, letting the dogs out, you know, like there's, it's just like, lets you actually live your life while you're getting stuff done. And mm -hmm. I found after now, like three years of working remotely, that um, I get way more done here because I'd be like talking to people in the office if I was in the office. I see that. <laughs> but here I'm like, there's no one to talk to. Taylor's asleep or, or gone. Mm -hmm. so I'm just sitting here doing this. And then um, I feel fresher. Like I said, because those things aren't piling up that I would think about like, oh, I need to do this laundry. I need mm -hmm. to do these dishes, whatever. I can just go do them. Yeah. Um, do uh, Have you been doing a lot of Zoom meetings, like the video part mm -hmm. of Zoom? Oh, yeah. Uh, we have a uh, every other day check-in. Check-in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, every morning just like our little mini mini team of i don't know probably 12 of us mm -hmm. and so we check in at first it was every day when this all started and we just like we, to make sure you're doing okay <laughs> it was just like a yeah a daily wealth check i guess <laughs> welfare check um and then they switched it to every other once we had a couple weeks under our belt <laughs> and the, but our company is a huge meeting heavy company like Steven says it all the time. We've worked from home a couple times together during all of this. And like I'm constantly putting in my AirPods and telling him to be quiet for a bit, turn down the music. I've mm -hmm. got another meeting. I would say I have at least three hours worth of meetings every day. Video. Is it the classic like we're going to have a meeting to plan about a meeting and then we'll have that meeting and then we'll have another <laughs> meeting to talk about the results of the middle meeting? Right. Is that the classic uh, thing? When I first started at the company, I thought that they were all really productive and not that I don't think that anymore, but there is a lot that we need to touch base back on at the next one. But I will say for the most part, they are productive and necessary meetings, which is kind of mind blowing. But yeah. I mean, like I myself work on three separate clinical trials that all have nothing to do with each other. Oh. So that's like three separate teams that I'm on. And so each one of those is having a certain amount of work done every mm. week that is irrelevant to the other meetings. So, I mean, for the most part, they're really necessary. Yeah. Yeah, we have a, I'm on a small team. I'm on a team of, let's see, four, yeah, four reps and then a manager. Mm -hmm. um, and since it's kind of smaller and we're not all really doing the same thing, I'm, I'm IMing with my manager like pretty much all day, every day, just kind of chatting about mm -hmm. stuff. And we have like our weekly check-ins with the team and our one-on-ones. Um, but that's something we, that I've noticed we haven't done at all is the video meetings. We've done like one and it was like a happy hour one. Really? Yeah. I don't know what it is. Like we just, yeah. Kind of our policy as soon as we went remote was as long as we have the bandwidth. So with the exception of our happy hour meetings, because mm -hmm. our team is like our entire team is so big, we don't have the bandwidth, but, yeah. um, with every other meeting, the expectation is that you are on video so that you're engaged because when we're in the office, our policy is that laptops are down. Unless you're taking notes, you need to be like full attention to what's going on. Yeah, that it's a is, little different. That's like what I was just saying about like they're they're like treating you like a like not a, like an adult. Mm -hmm. That's like something you'd say in a fucking school classroom. <laughs> yeah, unless right? you're taking meetings, like put your phone away. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's insane. Mm -hmm. Maybe I, so. My the rest of my team, 
there's one woman that's like maybe in her maybe in her forties, and then the rest are, you know, like have grandkids mm-hmm. or close to having grandkids. Um, so maybe they just don't like they're they've been doing this business on yeah. over the phone for so long they don't really think about doing video. But yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, that, dude, that's weird. The like, laptop policy. Yeah. Like I've been in a lot of meetings and there's just a general expectation that you're just are engaged, but no, it's not really enforced. It's like, you know, if you're, if you're going to be on your phone, it better be like emailing a client or like you that, can take notes or like be iming stuff, but like, yeah. don't be loud. I think that we just like the meetings, they don't want them to end up being like a let's circle back thing. So Mm -hmm. they want everyone so engaged and like we have a lot of pretty strict deadlines for some trials. And so people are just like really work heavy. Mm -hmm. And if they get like a task, they want to just go, 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 go. But they have a next meeting they have to go to because we're such a meeting heavy organization. So they come into the next one and they're stuck on what they were doing at the last one. Mm -hmm. And then nothing gets done at the one they're at. So I think like it wasn't a thing until probably two months after I started. So it's kind of a newer thing, but... Yeah, it had to have just been such a problem that they ended up changing it. Yeah, it's wild. Um, yeah, cool. Um, where should we go now? I don't really. I don't come into these like <laughs> basically any plan except for like we'll talk about the mountains and like your thoughts about Jackson. But we kind of just like we strayed. Yeah. Pretty far. Well, it always does. Like Stephen and I, we talked about the mountains for like maybe like twenty minutes. Actually, we went for a while on our trip. We got into all of the trip when all us four were out here. Yeah, we don't have to go back to too much. Can of that. we hear? Can we hear your side of the story about when you we jumped off the rock into the <laughs> Gravant River and you you almost fell through some rapids? Sure. <laughs> because make sure you make sure you got the mic right in there so yeah. everyone can get this. Hopefully, it's not a, as bad as Steven's version, but <laughs> basically, yeah, we were just out on a nice walk. We weren't even really doing much of a hike. We just kind of were out on a walk, mm-hmm. and we had seen some locals doing gainers, actually, off of this yeah. cliff, and I I pointed them out. We were like, oh, cool. Let's go watch from closer, and so they saw us come out, and I think we asked them some questions. We're like, hey, you come here much and jump off this, like that's pretty cool do a lot of people do this and they were so excited to see us and <laughs> they were just like yeah come do it come jump mm-hmm. and we were we were pretty shy about it we were like no that looks pretty crazy we don't have any swims we didn't bring four swimsuits with no. us <laughs> we didn't bring it when we were in the middle of july but we we brought it in the middle of may yeah we didn't have any swimsuits with us on that walk and so we just kind of shoved them off we were like no we'll watch but that's really cool that you're doing it and then of course the peer pressure got to us mm-hmm. and so they finally steven bo- steven thinks you were the one that finally led us to do it like you were like if the peer pressure got to you it might have been i think i gave a look to taylor and she was kind of like well if you think so <laughs> yeah and i was like i, I kind of think so i mean to my to my defense we've done a lot of of rock jumping like i've been to the quarries in yeah, st cloud the, we yeah. do it at our cabin um yeah the, I, I was only hesitant because of like i didn't know like the river and uh i was kind of the guide on that trip and i didn't want to be the one to like bring mostly <laughs> bring to your astray. parents to be like tyler brought them out to jackson and then they jumped off of a cliff and broke their, and leg broke their, their legs uh, that's yeah. that's why i was hesitant yeah i mean but i felt like we had seen them jump enough times they mm-hmm. did it probably like four times in front of us 
And so finally I was just like, oh, okay, whatever. You want to just go in like our sports bra and our shorts, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And so I guess we all felt crazy enough to do it. And the dogs were with us and they were getting a little bit excited about seeing people jump off rocks. Mm-hmm. So we decided only two people would go at a time. And for some reason, Stephen and I went first. And honestly, the locals gave us little to no direction. It was basically just jump out. Yeah. Which with all rocks, you know, don't sh- don't jump straight down. Jump yeah. out. Yeah, and it's uh, it's so it's like swirling in that area, so you can't see the bottom. You can't tell like what you're jumping into, really. Yeah, all they had said was jump out, and it will be cold. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> and I'm pretty so I'm pretty sure this is where uh, a couple different versions of the story have been come about. Now I'm pretty sure they said make sure you swim to the side like right away, because for some reason I had that in my head and I knew it was a thing. I remember that after this all happened, and I uh, told you to do that. But all right, whatever happened, what I recall is jump out and it'll be cold. And so Stephen and I go to the edge we say one two three and we jump and then we float to the top we're like you know when you're barely like it's so cold everything just restricts and you can barely talk you're barely breathing and i just wanted to tell you guys how it was (laughs) and so i'm looking up and taylor's like how was it and i just go it's really (laughs) cold And the whole time I'm just kind of trying to yell to them what my experience was, I am floating down this river. (laughs) And Stephen had the sense within him to start swimming to to the edge where you get back up. And I'm just kind of like, I think I was just in cold shock. And so I'm not swimming still. Steven's all the way to the edge. And then I notice that I feel a very strong current. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I, I begin swimming, and I can't even fight it. Like, I had everything in my power. This At this point, like, it's not that deep. It's just heavy current and rocks. Yeah. And it's, it's really not that deep, but you can't, like, it's so strong that you can't get your feet under you. So your feet are up, and I'm just like swimming as hard as I can, grasping for any rock that I can. And I'm starting to like go down the stream a decent (laughs) amount. I think I yanked out my mic. Oh, yeah. Does it go in here? Uh, Is it already? No, hold on. It's in. This goes into your headphone. Take your headphone off. Keep talking. I'll get this fixed. Okay. Take that off. I don't need the headphones. Okay. So I looked down the river and I saw a lot more bigger rapids coming at me. And... That's when I actually started to panic. Up at this point, I wasn't panicking yet. And now I see <laughs> the real rapids. And I'm looking at Steven, and he said, I think, that he saw, like, death in my eyes. <laughs> yeah, you're, he said, like, he, he, said, he said your eyes were saying, like, dear God, help me, I'm going to die. Yes. That's how he described it last night. Basically, yeah. And so when that look was shot over, I was currently, like, all, like, a bear hold against yeah. a boulder underwater <laughs> and my fingers were slipping apart and i was like this is the end this is where i die <laughs> and this whole time taylor and tyler are seeing nothing because it's around a bend yeah and we're still back up on the rock like waiting for them to come up or no or we, we went down to like get you i think i think we walked but you down. didn't see any of this yeah we yeah. were walking down mm-hmm. to where you guys yeah, you... should have gotten out right and so as my fingers are like slipping off this rock, Steven's yelling at me to get my chest out of the water because that's what's like keeping me from standing, which 
in this like shallow water that I should probably be able to stand up in. And I just like, I can't, my fingers are slipping. And so finally he like runs out, starts swimming to me where I am stuck on this rock. And all that he does is just like bully my chest up out of the water. Like literally like punches me in the chest to shove me up. And then I can like stand. And then I'm just like running through this thick current and I get back and I'm totally fine. And I was so frustrated that uh, this whole time had I just like gotten my chest up, like you said, I would have been fine. Yeah. But like as soon as I got to the edge to safety, we both just looked at each other and we were like, nope, not again. That was a bad idea. <laughs> I think I think you would have been fine. I don't think we were there. We went to that spot uh, yesterday, right? Yeah. Uh, we did a hike near there. And then the water was really high. I don't. I think at that time of the year, you could have like, you would, you might have hit a couple rocks and then gone p- past it to the open area. But I think I, I, I don't think you would have died. I might have ended up pretty beaten and bruised by the end of the rapids. But yeah. eventually, I feel like I should have been able to stand up. Yeah, it, it's because so the that hole you jump into is you know, is like deep and the water is moving through it, right? And there's like this much water moving through it because mm-hmm. that's how that's how deep. And then it gets and then it gets shallower. So then this much water gets pushed into this much water, and so the pre- the water pressure is so much higher going through there. Mm-hmm. And so that's how it that just happens. picks up. Yeah, and that's why the pressure was so much faster in the rocks. Yes, I mean it was fun, and like would I probably do it again? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think I would probably do it again, <laughs> knowing better now. But yeah. Yeah, it wasn't the uh, river or the jump spot's fault that that happened. There Not was, at there's all. plenty just of as soon as plenty you of jump, room to get aside. Leave. Yeah. Get out of the water. Yeah, you don't want to just be hanging out in the Grovant it's River. It's not warm. Why are you hanging out in it anyway, yeah. Allie? <laughs> it was a little absurd. Yeah. Um <laughs> I just love hearing like your perspective on it and Steven's perspective on it <laughs> two nights in a row. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, is there what anything else from that trip that you that you want to bring up? Uh, the Our really long was hike, crazy. The really long hike was crazy, but you've all talked about this. We don't need to bore anyone. But we need to hear your perspective. Everyone, on, all the audience members have heard most stories. Uh, have heard everyone's perspective on Jackson. They hear about the Tetons all the time. Okay. So the long ass hike to Upper Palisades Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I seem to remember that you picked that one. I did. Yep. And, um, <laughs> the way I said it last night was that was your alter, that was your plan B for that day. Um, and your plan A, do you remember what that was? Your first pick of a hike? I honestly don't remember. It, you had found on an app, a hike that took you, took us up to, um, you would drive it through like Driggs, Idaho into Alta, Wyoming, yeah. where like Grand Targhee is. Yep. And then the hike would take you basically to the top of the Grand from the back. Delta. No, Delta's from the, you oh. go there from the park side, oh. I think. Yeah, you found I'm another one that <laughs> was like to almost the top of the Grand. Hikes. Uh, and you showed me the picture. I'm like, Allie, that's the tip of the Grand, the top of the Grand. We're not doing that. I just see these insane views and I'm like, how can we not? Yeah. So then our alternative was a 13 mile, six hour hike. Yeah, I'm kind of an all trails warrior. Like I'll just <laughs> go on the app, yeah. find the coolest, longest hike I can, and say, "Here we go, guys." Yeah, 
Yeah, so you t- we take we load the car up again, Griswold style, and go down to Swan Swan Valley, Idaho. Super cool. I've been through there a couple times, going to Idaho Falls. That valley has some. I didn't realize how big the mountains were when mm-hmm. we first did that. They're like, there's one really, really big mountain right next to that valley, and it's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a very cool place to drive into. Yeah. I will say, like this hike had would not have been so bad with two other factors. What were those? And that would have been had we gotten an early start. Mm-hmm. Early start. We yeah. were lazy piles that morning. We couldn't figure out what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Everyone was disagreeing about the hike. Yeah, yeah. Until we finally decided, okay, fine, let's just go do the thirteen miler. Yeah. And to had we brought enough water. Yeah, or a filter. Simple. <laughs> and I, what I said, uh, Stephen said a similar thing. What I, I thought if we just like camped, I would totally do that if we camped. Yeah. Because like. Then you could, well, how long was it? It was three three hours in, right? Probably even more because we're uphill going up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So three and a half hours in. And if you just bring enough for like one night, you can just like, or even, or even two nights. I don't know how much you need to backpack that in, but like one or two nights, you could do other hikes up there. And then you just have three, two, three hour hikes mm-hmm. separate of each other. And have a filter up there. And for that water. was kind of the case with everyone we saw. There was horses along the trail ha- mm-hmm. having entire coolers on them because all these people were camping. Yeah, so. they had like four coolers on horses mm-hmm. and like extra horses to carry stuff for yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only people that were like hanging out with those people that were like at that camp. The f- yeah, like the first, like before the first lake, there was uh, those people in the hammocks. Oh, yeah. Yep. And they, they probably didn't go all the way. But yeah, that was just like an hour in. <laughs> Boys wanted so bad to turn around at the first lake. Yeah, they're, they're, And yeah, I said, there's better views coming. <laughs> yeah, there's two lakes. There's Lower Palisades and Upper Palisades Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the I problem was, with like me, if you go on all trails and you find a hike that's like, I don't know, say 12, 14, whatever it be. And people say, oh, well, we only have to do, you know, six of it. Like... I have to do it all. <laughs> I have to see it all. I have to do the full hike. Whatever. It you is. were and uh you've always well, probably since like college or whatever, you've been really into like fitness and stuff. Mm-hmm. You were extra psycho about fitness that trip and I like way more than now, maybe cuz I'm not around you as much. <laughs> but like if it wasn't like 10 miles, you didn't even want to talk about it. <laughs> or like if it wasn't like I wanted to do, I wanted to like climb up like the the Jacksonville Mountain Resort, and you're like, that's not that's not long enough. Oh my god! I'm like, what? That was probably because I was a little more into running at that time. Yeah. So I was probably putting a little more distance on my legs, but nah. I'm pretty Before, sure you like worked out every single one of those days at the Airbnb, and then we would go do our hikes. Four mile hikes are plenty, especially uphill. <laughs> yeah, at altitude. Yeah, in altitude. Oh my god. Stephen and I say every time we feel like the the fatigue. Mm-hmm. like you definitely feel it when you're hiking and to me it's my lungs to him and it's, it's his legs but but then when we come home at night like i am just fatigued <laughs> yeah i feel i feel freaking beat up i told steven this earlier i don't like i do i do a lot of activities out mm-hmm. here so it's not really like my lungs but like my freaking like back and shoulders and stuff and like legs and butt are so sore right now and it's like when you guys try to host us every day we're like what are we gonna do yeah where are we gonna go what are we gonna see yeah normally so like we're it's doing just like, so much yeah well yeah what we so today we did we went up near kelly and 
uh, or the those two rented bikes went up near Kelly and how, how many miles did we do up there? Ten around Kelly. We biked around ten miles, and that was just like on the on the roads. Mm-hmm. Um, so up there, it's like really cool views, and you can see some some elk. And then one of the roads that takes you to Mormon Row is closed to cars, or maybe everyone. But but we've but seen bikers plenty, have been on it. Yeah, lots of people bike down it. Um, and so then we biked to, to Mormon Row, um, looked around there, took some pictures, and that was cool. It's cool to see that without any people there. It's usually yeah. pretty busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had a little, like our second little like snacky picnic in that area. Um, just chilled out there, had brought some wraps and some snacks and stuff and hung out. Then uh, the boys got to go play and we went and did, uh, we Stephen rented a mountain bike. So we went and did the Putt-Putt Trail, which is uh, in the Cache Creek Trail system. Stephen did great, by the way. Did he tell you? He said he got his butt kicked. <laughs> yeah, the climb <laughs> is pretty tough for first timers, and especially especially for him being um, not not living in altitude. Right. And but then the downhill is the fun part. Yeah. And I think he did good. good with yeah, that. he said it was a blast. Yeah. And Taylor and I just went on basically the bike trail towards what area of Jackson? South. South. South okay, of town. So. Down by Raptor J. Mm-hmm. Down. Did you just go um, from that trailhead? What route did you take? Did you like go through the square? No, I'm not sure where. <laughs> did you <laughs> not go? The did square. you go by Still West? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you used to take that along under Snow King, and then they went. They, so then they biked to uh, Jackson Hole Stillworks, which is a distillery south of town by the Bird, um, that does vodka and gin normally. It's really good stuff, but right now. Did Taylor tell you this? They um they converted like one of their tanks or something to make hand sanitizer. Yeah, yeah. they had it out actually when yeah. we were ordering. So they had a food truck there, uh, some catering company, and then they were doing the sloshies, sloshies. the infamous Jackson sloshies, as well as you could buy their alcohol, and mm-hmm. then they just had their like hand sanitizer out on the counter when you ordered. Yeah, that blew my mind when I started seeing distilleries. They could just switch over their An alcohol making, tank. yeah, yeah, to uh, hand sanitizer. And they basically have everything on hand, you know, probably except for like the bottles and the pumps that they end up putting it in. But like, is it that close of a product that they just have the materials for that? I mean, I th- don't quote me. Uh, like vodka and gin is the same <laughs> ingredients as hand sanitizer. Somewhat apparently, and a little antiseptic you add in or something. Really, that's my that's best wild. guess. Yeah, that's just one of the many one of the many awesome ways that like businesses are figuring out how to like pivot to help with the situation in some way. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. Yeah, and a little shout out to be the match. Actually, we um we do swabs to match. Um, you swab your cheek, and then you will know if you can be a match for someone's uh, marrow or stem cells that needs it. And we those swabs are really specific to. Um, basically like determining, I don't know exactly how to put it, but there are a specific kind of swab that is necessary for what we do as well as how do they swab for, um, Corona apparently. COVID is the, the disease yeah. name, but yeah. COVID-19. The one that goes in your brain that goes like up your nose <laughs> in your brain. And so we donated like all these swabs oh, that sick. we normally use. We normally mail them out to people that want to volunteer to be on our registry. Uh-huh. And we just, yeah, donated a bunch of them. Oh, that's awesome. So cool. Another tidbit about how companies. Yeah, definitely. That's super cool. 
Um, yeah, and then uh, at Stillworks, Taylor works with uh, one of her other nurses that she works with husband is one of the guys that started it so yeah he served us the slushies today. Chaz, yeah mm-hmm. he's cool um he's always wearing a goofy looking hat it's like it's like not goofy looking it's like a it's like a trucker hat but it has like old old school like some sort of old school logo on it i always see him wearing it hmm. and i like it yeah, I will say I am a big fan of the Jackson Hole sloshies I've always heard about. Mm. For some reason, we didn't get them when we came here with uh, the four of us the first time I in July. I kind of d- I knew it was a thing, but I didn't really we know where you them get them when we went rafting. They mentioned them to us. Yeah, it, it um, before Stillworks. I think Stillworks started doing them, and then like Holback Marketplace mm-hmm. started doing them. So there was a big river thing, like right. Yeah, you'd go down to Holback to get them when you raft because yeah. the the stretch that we rafted is like one of the more popular stretches because mm-hmm. there's actual rapids on it. So you do that like while you're on the river or coming back from the river. And I didn't really do river stuff that much. Right. Yeah. They're, they're super good. We had them twice so far this trip from, I forget the first place. Uh, uh Creekside market from Creekside. I got a blueberry margarita, which I'm not a huge tequila person and it was strong, <laughs> but I loved it. Drank every last drop of that. They're all so strong. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. not one that I'm like, oh, that I, I that just didn't tastes feel like juice. Like, yeah, no. every single one. I'm like, you take I a need sip. to be careful if I'm gonna have this and then drive. You're get you're zing. Yeah, yeah, that's how you feel when you drink it. Yeah, and then the zing. one the one we got from Stillworks today. I'm a huge gin and tonic person, and the one we had today was gin tonic and lime with it. So kind of like er and mint. So kind of like a mojito with gin, and it was amazing and refreshing. And today was super like hot out honestly yeah so yeah it was, it was like 70 great yeah uh, it's i it, it's cool how many different like weird flavors they can do and i don't know is that because it's like blended that they can just throw a bunch of shit together i mean you tried to throw a bunch <laughs> of stuff together last night and it didn't work out <laughs> yeah well, let's, uh, let's talk about that so uh you, you tell them what we did we last had a night. quarantini cocktail uh game i guess you call it competition competition yeah yeah the goal was for every person to make their own cocktail with every like we seriously pulled out every juice beverage sparkling water like alcoholic mixer out of the fridge showed all the booze um yeah like dry packets of sugary mixes and everything yeah pulled it all out we said you had like i don't know six minutes Mm -hmm to make a drink and you just made one and then we were all going to taste it yeah. taste a little amount when we did one in a pint glass and then everyone had like low balls to taste it yeah and tyler's first genius concoction <laughs> was some 10 cup whiskey some ice some uh tangerine white claw right that's it uh yeah i don't know if it was tangerine or what it was like some orange flavor of white yeah. claw yeah it was tangerine and, and just put it in a nutribullet yeah <laughs> a I lot of ice i was going for a sloshy kind of thing with, but with whiskey but then the white claw just foamed up and it makes the consistency all weird and then the ice doesn't really mix with like the liquid that's in there and then the flavor because it's a white claw like isn't that strong so then you lose it to the blending yeah it wasn't good we no. it honestly smelled bad you knew right away it wasn't gonna be good and it was whiskey, uh, serving whiskey to non-whiskey drinkers too. That's correct, yeah. And I think that maybe the reason the sloshies are so strong is they've got to freeze. They must freeze. Well, you can't really freeze booze. 
No, I th- but well, I, I think like they you know do how it... you can like kind of make ice cubes out of some stuff. I no, I think they just I think they just put so much put, put a lot in it and then and I think it's in like a slushy machine, right? right? So it's like mixing it around all the maybe, time. Maybe maybe I'm just thinking the juices that they make with it like say you had put actual orange juice with your tin cup whiskey Mm -hmm. the orange juice would have been frozen ahead of time you know because otherwise it just gets so watered down or like the right ratio of ice i put way too much ice so then that's why like it i had to filter so much of that top stuff yeah top top stuff out but it wasn't like it was an awful flavor it's just like there there was a hint of whiskey flavor which you guys don't like and like a very light hint of the orange flavor, but like not enough to do anything for yeah. anybody. Really watery and then like trying to be sparkly, but still kind of s- Yeah, don't blend sparkly stuff, I don't think. But I highly recommend it, yeah. it was a good game. Yeah, then what was your first round drink? My first round drink was actually really good. Uh, I did guava juice mixed with a wa- wild basin, like what was it's called? like a seltzer thing yeah strawberry it's a seltzer that coconut was, yeah strawberry flavor. coconut flavor so a little bit like island vibes and then i just added a little uh strawberry simple syrup to it yeah oh and tito's <laughs> <laughs> and tito's you can't just have one kind of alcohol <laughs> and the, we we rated them on uh overall flavor uh out of 10 and then would you order this at a bar my first one got like high remarks. I think it was like seven yeah. five and a yes. Yeah, I voted. I gave it like a yeah, an eight and a yes. Mm-hmm. And obviously, my first attempt got like a two, and a, and nobody wanted to order it. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then and then uh, so you won round one, and then round two, Stephen did a like a raspberry shandy. Yeah, he took a beer and mixed it with literally just raspberry lemonade. That's all he did. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it tasted like a raspberry shandy, and it yeah. was, and I gave it like a six or a seven, and then yes, I would order it because I've mm-hmm. definitely ordered beers like that before. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun game and a good way to get a couple drinks in you. Yeah, we yeah. were feeling it after that, especially mixing all the liquors. Yeah, I had more fun with that than I thought I would, because at first I don't, I like, I don't, I'm, I'm like a pretty boring drinker. The boys didn't want to be creative with it. We wanted to do a team, and I think if we had done him and I together, we would have had a better drink. Because he would have said, Tyler, don't mix that first bullshit together. And I would have said, okay. (laughs) And we could have done something better. Because neither Stephen or I have been – you guys have both been bartenders before. Like You guys get into that stuff, and you always like tinkering with food and drinks. And we don't. Stephen and I are – he drinks McGolden, and I drink Bud Light or, or whiskey. Or like a, or actually, uh, or a Snake River beer. <laughs> got a plug. Got to put the plug <laughs> in there. We got the coasters. Don't worry. Yeah. Oh, the camera turned off. But, but yeah. Should we plug the Should we plug the sponsor in here? Allie has been to Snake River Brewing. I have our very first trip. I think that's the only time I've been there actually because it yeah. was in open when I was here. The other two, but it was. Uh, we got the really fun beer flight. Mm-hmm. You know, where it rotates in a circle. Um, and we got burgers and everything, and it was amazing. Yeah, the food is really, really good there. And I, I'm excited to get back and do, like, beer tasting and stuff because I miss those guys. I, haven't, I, I better, I should text my guys there. A, because I ran out of beer. And B, because I want to see how they're doing. Yep. Excited for life to get back eventually. Yeah. I'm. I was listening to 
this and now now we're moving into the controversial part of the show. Um, I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast with Elon Musk today, and Elon is very adamant that our civil liberties are being stolen, taken from us by being forced by the government to stay at home. It's not as tense as it sounds, though. Like, there's not National Guard or Army or Navy Pe- people or are who being be jailed, it though. standing outside your house saying, no, you cannot walk out, you know? Yeah, here there's not. Nobody... Uh, there's not having any... Nobody really... Uh, except for the grocery store, nobody really does anything yeah. differently here. And there's no tourists, but... And the only people that are being jailed are people that are being arrested for other reasons, and they're tacking it on because they were being bad citizens and, like, resisting arrest or what, what I have you. I've heard a handful of stories where it's like, like the worst one was like a woman who runs a salon or something was like having people come in and giving them haircuts in her house. Well, because it's actually illegal to use your license at oh, really? home. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I know a girl who cuts hair and like her friends were wanting to come over and she's like, I can actually lose my license if I cut your hair outside of her salon like setting. Oh, yeah, wow. I don't, I don't know exactly why, but it's a thing. Yeah, that's weird. Bar- There's some weird barber laws. You know that uh, a bunch of states um, uh, don't allow straight razor straight razor shaves. That's you know, like in a barber yeah. shop, they could like give you like a electric right trim, but you can't they can't do a real shave. Hmm. Wyoming, well, you can do it. So I've gotten one here, some here, but like I try to do it in Minnesota, and you can't. Really? Yeah. Um, what was I saying before that? Oh, stopping back. So yeah. You're right. It's pretty. It's pretty. Um, besides the restaurants being closed, it's it's fairly lax around here because there's just not that many people. Mm-hmm. We're a very healthy community. Um, when the, when there is situations where we get to close together, people are pretty uh, careful about stuff. All I've noticed is masks. Um, mm-hmm. When you like, I haven't been to the grocery store, but like yeah. when you guys have gone in, and some people are wearing them on the trails, which. Like I, I think not it's like a whole lot. Older people yeah. have been wearing them on the trails. And then the only other difference is like <laughs> everyone steps clearly to the side when you go around them on the trail. Yeah. But and we were hiking. Some of people like actually said like social distancing yeah. and got way out of the way. Yeah. But even that, like I, I haven't really paid much attention to that. Mm-hmm. It's just so the whole thing is weird. Like regardless of anybody's opinion, there's just not one um, straight like source or view on what what is happening how many people it's happening to uh what to do mm-hmm. why we're doing it like there's not one straight answer they're getting you know? more information every day so so just, and whatever it's not, we know changes every day yeah and it's not like consistently like today we knew this and then tomorrow we know like that but deeper it's like today it's we know this topic. and tomorrow it's like oh this is also sexually transmitted <laughs> you know and it's like what yeah and then also like some there's people no do- limits to this virus yeah and some people don't get symptoms but then other people die mm-hmm. and it people trends are- towards people with pre-existing conditions but not always and younger people who may have had it with no symptoms are later on coming back and having strokes Oh, really? I didn't know and that. And they don't even find out until they go into the hospital with a stroke. And then they say, yeah, you actually have the antibodies what the for hell? corona. That's insane. Keep talking. But I, I don't know. It was just a short uh, thing I heard from a woman who is actually a infectious disease researcher. And she was just kind of enlightening her audience on the topic and had said that a lot of younger people who get strokes don't actually know what the symptoms are. Because, I mean, people who get strokes are like... 
60 plus, you know? A so of a stroke? Yeah. I mean, and do you know what symptoms of a stroke are? You lose, like you uh, can lose control of like half of your body or something. Mm-hmm. You start uh, often slurring speech. And you can lose control of your body. Yeah. Taylor has a stroke People every Saturday in the summer. <laughs> um, and yeah, like twitching, little, really minor neurological things. And so a lot of times people don't notice it or don't know what it is. They think it's something else. Mm-hmm. And if you wait too long to go in for a stroke, you're going to create major brain damage. Like your brain is dying every second you're waiting while you're having a stroke. Mm-hmm. And so these uh, young kids that have corona... I mean, not kids, probably like 20-year-olds, um, have corona, have coronavirus, COVID-19, have no symptoms, go on with their lives. Something else later down the way, like a week or two, is causing them to have a stroke. They end up going in, they have to the hospital, they have the antibody test, realize that they did have coronavirus, and apparently it is causing a stroke in some people. That's Like, insanity. it's just a new thing every day, like you said. Yeah. And it's not, like... And there's no, there's nothing to compare it to because we've never had, we've had other viruses of the same family hit the country. Um, but they all stuck to like flu-like symptoms, you know? Mm-hmm. And then this one just keeps jumping out and getting weird where it's, it's like. It's upper respiratory, respiratory, but also so much more. Yeah, but also like symptoms could be you lose your sense of smell, you lose your sense of taste. Yeah. You, uh, like the way you actually die from it, I learned is. You, the the viscosity of the mucus in your lungs is super high or low, which everyone means less. Probably so thick. Yeah, it's so thick that you can't breathe, so you mm-hmm. drown in mucus. Mm-hmm. And that's why ventilators are so important because they it's would like, breathe for you. Yeah, it's like actually drowning, but in mucus. you have full air or like available to you, but you're internally drowning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that's that's like another weird thing because. That's kind of like pneumonia. And then like also people, uh, hospitals are counting everybody that dies from something that has been thought of as a symptom of COVID. They count, they get counted into the COVID death toll because they get funding for that. Mm -hmm. So like if you died of a heart attack, but you also had a cough. You'd be a COVID death. At some point in my life, I had a COVID yeah, yeah, but if you came in, you were like, ah. they were like, ah, there's 30 grand. Yeah. And it's just, it's just like this insanity. Mm-hmm. And and it's a tough, Elon was talking about this. It's a tough position the hospitals are in because I they mean, can't they need do, the re- regardless, they need the resources, but also they need the money. Yeah. Over reporting is very dangerous. So, yeah, but they're like sitting there, you know, they're not, they're not doing elective surgeries or most mm-hmm. elective anything. They're not doing the clinical stuff. Um, so it's either, I could furlough a bunch of doctors and nurses, or I can say this many people that, that died. more people died from COVID okay. than didn't, and then I'll get the money and I can keep those people on, mm-hmm. right? So it's a really tough moral position to be in. Yeah. And I, I'm glad I'm not I in it. I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. The amount of times that I've said during this whole pandemic that I'm so glad I am a p- person in no position of power. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I have no one I'm responsible for, yeah. not even a kid. Like, I... I can live my own life during this time and be just fine. No yeah, one's counting your job, on me. Yeah, and your job, besides working from home, like if you're, the amount of stuff you've had to do, has it slowed down or gone up or anything like that? Uh, it's very different. Some of our trials are slowing down, but also other ones 
um, because of the fact that some elective surgeries, like as they would normally be considered, are not happening. They're going to other methods to get treatment. And so some of our other trials are becoming more popular. So mm-hmm. it's a healthy balance. And of course, with any other healthcare organization, like we're having to create all kinds of new policies for this and everything. So we're definitely staying busy. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the best part is that you haven't been like furloughed or anything like that. Yeah. The, the furloughing reaches, uh, the more people I talk to about it, it reaches way past just like, you know, your, your entry level hourly person or a person like a bartender, like mm-hmm. a friend who's, he runs a, a business development team for a staffing agency and he's furloughed. Wow. And so it's like, like that's, that, yeah. that blows my mind. Yeah. Stephen and I, Stephen and I have both said that we feel extremely blessed during this time to have not had Mm. to worry about it yet and like as we know our companies say we should be okay you know like they'll take it as it comes but it seems like we'll be okay through all this and i'm just grateful to not have to worry about like my next paycheck and everything yeah yeah the uh, and the industries that all four of us are in are pretty secure like right people are going to need their tax returns they're going to need their financials handled for for the accounting accounting sense um and your company i don't know you know what sort of like effort they make to get the new new trials or new projects going to generate revenue for you but if they're probably shifting their focus to stuff that is specific for this situation and then they can get revenue from that stuff Mm -hmm. so you're probably in a good shape anyways um and for my company like people are paying digitally more than ever and you have did you hear about all those uh like um what they call them ppp loans for businesses Mm -hmm. like that that money was distributed um i so my company if you think of it like money moving on like rails like a train yeah my company builds the rails in some situations and sometimes mm-hmm. they have like the train and sometimes they have other stuff. So the money moving around was on our company's rail. So that was really good. That was a lot of money moving. And we had like different applications to go in for the banks that can onboard loans for them because they had a ton of loans to onboard out, out of nowhere. So all that stuff, like our company's doing really good too. And I just think, I don't know if it's luck or like what we, maybe we just like, when we all picked our careers, we we're like, these would be good ones. <laughs> They're not going anywhere, you know, like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I felt extra blessed that I'm in the industry that I'm in too. Mm-hmm. For sure. And personally, I've had a really good quarter. So that's been, that's been fun. Way to go, Ty. I, I feel like extra blessed because mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of salespeople aren't having as good of yeah, a time because their clients, in. like their you're clients aren't, buy, aren't doing equipment anything. equipment and PPE and you're yeah. in yeah. <laughs> healthcare like supplies you're doing okay if you're in maybe like the trampoline business as well you're doing okay yeah or or liquor distributors or like or hand sanitizer yeah we're no not no because people are still buying a lot of booze um if you're if you're in something that supplies like restaurants if you're in something that supplies mm-hmm. ski resorts or something like that not Most good other things you're not doing so hot yeah but it, yeah it's gonna be weird back uh okay so we are at um, a long time an hour and 10 minutes should we wrap this up yep do you want to answer the question that uh w- i used to ask that you quit yeah well 
people didn't seem to get what I was asking and I couldn't figure out a good way to ask it to make them get it. I've heard it enough times. I think I get it. Yeah. What, so is, what matters the most to you? Who? Of the words, who, what, when, where, and why. Which of those drives your action in life? Like drives you, which. Yeah. Uh, I think that my answer is the same as my sister's. I think if I remember her episode correctly, it's who. Definitely the who. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like there's so many good times and good places I've been in my life, but it's always like who I'm surrounded by that mm-hmm. like bring you back to your memories and like what was the coolest part about where you were or what you did or when you did it. Like to me, I associate everything with who else was there. Mm. Yeah. So, I, and I obviously do it in the where. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Steven, Steven said the who too. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, so that was a little flashback for the episode. We haven't done, I, don't, I haven't done that question in like a long time because I kept getting frustrated. We don't I, have I, to bring it back. <laughs> no, I'm not going to because uh, people would be like, what? I don't get it. And I'm like, God, I can't figure out how to, the, Never mind. <laughs> how to make this yeah, sound better. But yeah, anyways. Um, so yeah, uh, talk. Well, I guess we can wrap up, wrap up by telling people where do you find you on Instagram? Because you do you have your personal page, and then you do uh, a fitness page. Yeah, and that's a cool thing because you po- you're posting you post workouts almost every single day, right? More or less, yeah. Less yeah. when I'm here. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, my personal Instagram is Bala Weiss B A L L A W E I S S, and then my other one is Bala's Gymsta. So same thing, but G Y M S T A. Mm-hmm. yeah and so if you like little at-home workouts or even gym work, you, you post gym workouts too when it's normal yeah in normal times i do the gym just nor just any sort of workout um she I posts do, i try to do food too yeah yeah your <laughs> stories, stories are a lot of the food yeah because you guys get into like different protein protein mushes yeah. protein coffee stuff like that meal always yeah and but the workouts are cool i like the way you post them in the different uh like multi multi slides slides yeah so each different little exercise is a different slide. Yeah. And then like you'll list like the whole thing, like here's the, the sets in the caption. So like exercise one is video one. Next. Yeah. Yeah. I've never done them, but Taylor <laughs> does them. But I just like the way it's set up and like getting the information across to someone who would be looking for a workout yeah. to do. Try it sometime. I have no idea who's ever done them. I honestly don't know. I think like Taylor and like Maggie one time have told me they've done them. Yeah. And that's about it. But. My sister does them. She likes okay. them. Yeah. We'll keep at it. There's plenty. <laughs> Allie, I could, I could, I know a guy who runs a marketing company. Tyler wants me to TikTok. <laughs> I, I'm so badly wanting you to TikTok because you saw, I, uh, he's blowing up. Uh, yeah. TikTok exclusive, or I mean, stories from Mountain Town exclusive. I had TikTok that is now at like 25,000 views. And it was just like, it was a cool view of like Taylor and the dogs and the Tetons on a hike we did with like one of the sounds from TikTok that you put in there. But that's not really any value except for the views. Allie does something that actually provides value for people. Yeah. In finding good workouts and doing good workouts and showing them the right form to do it in. Actually providing good value would explode. Maybe once I get certified. Are you going to get certified? Well, I don't, not yet. I've looked at it. It's very expensive. As, as like a fitness instructor? Yeah, certified personal trainer, CPT, NASA. No, you don't need to get it's TikTok. Dollars. It's a social media. You don't need to be certified for anything. I, I just don't have the time in my life for TikTok. 
TikTok. You're already making the videos. <laughs> I don't get how to edit them. <laughs> TikTok is hard. You okay? <laughs> I will. Just, I'll let's take you. Okay, after we get off this, I'll TikTok just do lessons. one for you. So, because you can just select the the videos you want in there, and um, and follow TikTok. me on TikTok. It'll probably be the same handle. Yeah, <laughs> and you'll find workouts there. And so all you do is you select them, and then TikTok will put them together somehow using their algorithm in a way that fits. And you put a song that you like on there. All right. And that's it. I'll blow them up. Yeah. So, Bala's gyms to talk, gyms to TikTok, jig gym talk, jig gym talk. We're done now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's an episode, everyone. Um, any tips for anybody going through the week? I like to do that at the end now. Tips. Tips for like like little health, like stay healthy. I say lately I've been saying, stay healthy, wash your hands, and find a good book to read. Drink your water. Drink your water. Yeah. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. All All right, everyone. Have a good week.